Hello everyone, it is your host, Aaron Karnos, and we're back again. I'm with my boy, Christian Tercios. How you doing, big bro? Doing good, my brother. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just got done doing some homework, so <laughs> I'm kind of kind of tired of that, but hey, we move, we move. But we're back again. <laughs> Crazy weekend this weekend, and yeah, we're just going to jump right into and dissect these games. So first off, we're going to talk about the biggest Prem games that happened this weekend. So the one that we had a prediction on was Leicester City versus Liverpool. We both, unfortunately, got it wrong because <laughs> Liverpool's defense was god-awful that game. Terrible. Um, it was 3-1, Leicester City, um, Madison, Harvey Barnes, and Vardy all scoring, and Mo Salah with a lone goal for uh, Liverpool. So what did you think about Liverpool's performance that game? Um, I thought Liverpool did decent in like the first half. Uh, you know, they were pressing well. Uh, created some decent chances. You know, as you know, they went up 1-0 off of that great solid goal. Yeah, that Firmino uh, assist was nice. Yes, that silky smooth finish. Oh, That was silk. So, that was nice as hell. Great footwork. <laughs> but yeah, you know, they went up that game. And I was like, okay, well, maybe they can hold on to this lead or at least get a draw or something, you know. And then I think they got scored on within what, like eight minutes? It was like 70. It was like a couple. It was, it was like three goals within eight minutes or something yeah, like that. Three goals within eight minutes. Yeah, it was crazy. And then, um, you know, the first one, they thought it was an offside. Uh, but you know VAR, you know VAR over overruled that and said it was a goal. The second one, another mistake by your boy Allison. Like, bro, what are you doing? Just stay in the box, bro. Don't even come out of the box anymore. Just stay in there. And then the third goal was a lovely goal. But um, it was crazy. Uh, I just feel bad for Liverpool because you know it looked like they were gonna, you know, go away with the win or at least get a point or something. But didn't happen. Yeah, it's crazy because. <laughs> They they also started their new signing Kabak as center back and he got exposed on two of the goals, right. the Harvey the Harvey Barnes goal as well as the Vardy goal when he collided with Allison. Right. Um, my thing is, I don't understand why Klopp doesn't put Jordan Henderson back in the midfield. Yeah. Like put, I understand you don't you're limited on center backs and I understand that you don't have many, but Jordan you need someone. Their midfield is structured like they have no true CDM. In my opinion, like Tiago's a Tiago, Wijnaldum, and um, Phillips, they're all creative midfielders. Right. They want to press up and they want to, you know, be creative and be in the attack. But they really don't do much defensively for that for their team in order to play that style. Because Liverpool, they play a high high line, and they like to play offside traps a lot. So it's hard. To not have that CDM in there to break up the play. Because on the third goal, um, when Salah gave that pass right. to Thiago, there was no one in that midfield. Juan Aldum was on the left side, mm-hmm. was on the right, you know, like playing right mid, and there was no one in that CDM spot. And that's where Jordan Henderson traditionally would play right. as a CDM. So it was just like, I understand you're limited on Cinemax, but at least put Jordan Henderson back in there. Right, I agree. Because, uh, you know, Liverpool, like you said, Liverpool's the type of team that when they play well, it's because they're you know pressing up the up the field and doing defensively you know a great job uh, with the front three in the middle in the midfield three you know because they have all that coverage out back and that allows Henderson and Trent to go down the flanks you know and obviously having the they're not having that strong midfield when Henderson and excuse me not Henderson Robertson and Trent go up it leaves the back line so exposed and you know Henderson back there and then Kabaka's a new signing obviously they're they have no experience playing together, so it's just going to be really tough. But, yeah, they should put Henderson back in there, or at least have, like, a true CDM, whether it's him or Fabinho or someone, you know. 
to to actually hold down that midfield because that third goal wouldn't have happened if if you know one of those two guys would have been in there, and in the second goal, it, another keeper blunder that we've actually gone you know talked over about within the last couple episodes a lot and the same thing like Allison's back there right he's the biggest presence bro like just say something like call them off or don't even come on at all because Kabak was that he was in a decent position he could have gotten he could have uh, you know it was a ball over top he could have easily gotten rid of it but Allison comes back there and and makes a mess out of it and then Vardy literally walks walks it in the goal but I will tell you though his celebration I loved it <laughs> his celebration was nice I would have done the same thing he grabbed the, 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 the yeah. that was so tight that was nice as hell yeah. I was like yo my man's fairly went out on this celebration right. but hey <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't understand Liverpool. I don't know what's going on with them. Yeah. They're all over the place. Hopefully, in the next couple of games, they have easy, easier games coming up for them. So hopefully, they can get points back. Because right now, they're standing in sixth. They were in second or top of the table in second. They were in that conversation. Now they're all the way in sixth place. Yeah. In a matter of what, a couple months? Yeah, literally a couple months. I think it was about before the new year. They were sitting in first place. I think they had a like a five-point gap with, between them and a few of the other teams that were, you know, fighting to get in that in those top spots. But, but yeah, they're but the way it's looking and the way that they're playing right now, they have Leipzig coming up in the Champions League. You know, it, it doesn't look good. Uh, what if, you know, they can get knocked out in the Champions League first round. They could also, you know, uh, not make it to, to Europe next season, which will be really, really bad for, for Liverpool. Yeah, but give props to Leicester. Leicester's in yeah. third place. Third yeah. place. Hey, they there's a shocker in there because right. hey, no one was expecting Leicester to be back at the top of the table. Yeah, and what I liked a lot about Leicester too is that even when they, even though they went down that first goal, right? They 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 showed character and and they busted their asses to to get back into the game, and they ended up winning it by by a two goal lead. So yeah, sadly we both got them wrong, but got yeah. both of our predictions wrong. What was yours? One one. Mine was one one. Yeah, mine was. I was, mine was I was worse. so I was so hyped when um when Madison scored that <laughs> that free kick. I was like, yeah. yes, just don't score anymore, right. and then. Um, Allison and Kabak made that stupid mistake, and then right. uh, Barnes with a nice finish on the third. So, you know, hey, your props to Leicester. They did well. They did well this weekend. Him, I was worse. I thought Liverpool was going to win this one, 2 1. Just because, you know, they've been playing bad. So I was hoping, you know, two teams are, you know, fighting to get into Europe and, you know, catch up to Man City. They were going to battle it out. I thought Liverpool as, like, a better team, or at least with on paper, it looks like they have some better players, at least more star players that were going to come out with this one. But I was wrong <laughs> it's all good i mean hey it happens in right. football you never know what's gonna happen it's all good it's all good and on to the next game which was the biggest game of the entire weekend which was manchester city versus tottenham we both got our predictions wrong but you were closer I was than close. i was yeah. you were close you said 3-1 i said 3-2 but the scoreline was 3-0 to manchester city crazy game yeah. crazy game yep yeah, so what's your thoughts on the game um it was crazy because the game could have gone either way in the beginning. Harry Kane hit the hit the post off of that off that, that free kick. That was a whack free. Gotta be top ends. That was a banger. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that should have gone in. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I like that it. was the only sh- like the thing is that was the only shot they really had right. in the entire first half. Mm-hmm. And Man City was the thing was Man City was dominating that entire beginning until like 15 minutes before that free kick happened, and then they turned it over. Free kick. I was like, oh god. Tom's gonna score here because right. that's Man City's persona. That's like Pep's persona. Stu mistake in the back, free kick, and that's always gonna lead to a goal. Right. And he, they almost scored that. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I was like, no way. It's not gonna. And it was like, if it's gonna be like that, it's gonna be a long day for Man City. Right. And then right after that, you know, uh, Gundogan gets fouled in the box. 
Mm-hmm. And what did you think of that? Do you think it was a foul or would you have called? I thought it was foul. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a foul too. I thought it was just a weird. It, I thought it was just weird how it how it panned out because you know Gundogan tries to like cross turn the ball back, but he takes a bad touch and the ball is literally going out of bounds. And then Hoiberg, yeah, you know. but Hoiberg definitely clipped him. He, he definitely, definitely clipped him. him. Yeah, hundred percent. He clipped him on the back. That's definitely a pen. Yeah, but it was weird how they. I thought, eh, it's fifty fifty. But I would have definitely called it a pen right. on that. Cause. I just think it was a it was a dumb challenge because the ball was literally going out of bounds because Gundogan did not have control over it. So mm-hmm. the fact that you know he went ahead and committed that that tackle, you know, which is more like a a tangle of legs or anything, I guess you can call it. But it was a it was a silly challenge. Yeah, I agree on that. It was silly, but I still would have called it a pen. Yeah, I would have too. I think. Yeah, yeah, I would have too. <laughs> and then and then Rogi scored the PK. Yeah, which your reason I think should have saved it. He yeah. could have saved it. Luis should have saved that. Yeah, I thought that was a weak pen. Super that weak. was super weak. Luis should have palmed that yeah. harder, but it went up off his hand, up on, yeah. and I was like, damn. I'm one nil at halftime. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh geez, Man City is gonna annihilate them, and then that's what exactly what happened in the second half. Yeah, and, and then Kevin De Bruyne who. <laughs> Who cares about De Bruyne when you got Gundogan, bro? bro Gundogan's a beast. Oh my god, animal! Embrace this game. The first goal, I like the the one that came up. Oh, the second goal, uh, when um, Sterling dribbled across. You know, he drove from one side of the box to the other, and then he gives it to Phil Foden, I think. And you know, they, it's a nice little link and play between Foden, Sterling, and Gundogan. And then Sterling gets it again. He dribbles kind of towards the box again. Gundogan makes a great run behind one of the defenders, plays him, gets a good first touch. And literally, just a striker's finish, just toe blows it. Anything to get into the goal, right? Mm-hmm. I think Yori should have had that one too. But, you know, unlucky for him. I mean, hey, he had a rough game. Yeah. He had a very rough game, missing that pen. And then, you know, two easy saves right there. That could have changed the game. But his last goal was nice. When he, oh he, took, he took Davison Sanchez on, he made him fall down. I was like, oh my God, this Davison. man truly... He's in the best form, I think. One of the best prem midfielders. Oh, for as sure. of right now, uh-huh. of he's course. one of the best prem midfielders. But man, that was a sexy. Goal. I would say with this former now, one of the best in the world. To be honest with you, I agree on that. Yeah, he's he's been really great, and he literally turned Sanchez into a meme, bro. That's if you went onto Man City's page, I don't know if you saw it, but <laughs> Ed, well, first before that, you know, Ederson played him a perfect ball, and uh, on Man City's page, it was the funniest thing. It was like a. Have you seen the meme of like? Wake up, it's time for school. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that. But, I, probably, I think I, I But it's out. the funniest thing. If you haven't checked it out, go to Man City's page and watch Gundogan's, uh, I don't know what to call it. It was a bang. It, bro, it reminds me of Messi, <laughs> Messi, it reminds me of Messi on Boateng. Yeah. That type of embarrassment. Because, goddamn, he destroy, he annihilated. Yeah, literally just calm, cool, collected. Yep, and Cuts then it just, to his left, hits it far post. Bro, how many goals is that for him? Uh, 13 I think. 13 no i think it's 11 in 12 or 13 games That's 11 in something like that for a midfielder yeah. as a c center mid that yeah. is extra weird to see because midfielders don't really score in bulk like that yeah, that's what i'm saying yeah. you don't really see midf- usually you see cam strikers you see cams like that, but not a center mid right. a, a eight yeah eight scoring 11 goals in 12 to 13 games right. that's unheard of that's crazy yeah he's been in great form Great player. Oh, one of the things too that was nice. I don't know if you real if you remember this, but remember Gareth Bale when he basically just look makes Bernardo Silva some like some other couple of players look like cones, mm-hmm. and he goes and before he strikes it, he kind of slips and and uh, Ederson punches it out. If that would have been a goal, bro, that would have been that would have been a play too. Yeah, that would have been nice. Oh. But hey, Tottenham, they played well. Um, they made two couple mistakes yeah. in the back. I think they were tired too from 
you know, the game against Everton in the in the midweek for the FA Cup. And yeah. the one that ended 5-4, they played 120 minutes. So going into this game, I think they were pretty tired. Man City was lucky enough to rest some of their players because mm-hmm. um, they played Swansea. Uh, Tottenham played a tougher game against Liverpool. Oh, excuse me, Everton. And, uh, yeah, I think that's what got the best of them. But at the same time, you can't just say, give that excuse as to why Tottenham lost. Man City is by far the better team. Mm-hmm. Tottenham had, you know, sort of okay beginning of the season. You know, top of the table at one point, but then... It's all going downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. Now they're they're still in eighth place, so they still can you know make a run. But yeah. Man City just asserting the dominance on the league. Oh, for sure. First place, eight point was eight points, eight or seven points. Yeah, seven to eight points ahead of Man Man United. That's crazy. With yeah. a game in hand, they're just looking like right. they're gonna win this league like it's nothing. Yeah, because after spe- that is uh, what Leicester. Right? Yeah, because they got some hard games. They have Everton this week. And then they have less. They have West Ham, Leicester. So if they win essentially the next month of the league, they pretty much essentially win the title, which wow. is crazy. And you know, and I think in a couple of weeks they have uh, some be Manchester United, Manchester Derby. So it's gonna be interesting how Man City is gonna, you know, play. And yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see if Man City can hold this up. Yeah, and it's inter- yeah, like you said, it's really interesting too because you know. First half of the season, they weren't doing too hot. They were sitting, you know, I forget what place they were in. Bottom, they were yeah. in bottom half. Yeah, they weren't even that. They weren't looking strong, and they kept dropping points, and then I don't know where it turned it around. You know, De Bruyne got hurt, which was like, oh, crap, that's a tough blow for them. But Gundigan and the other players have stepped it up and have been dominating, like you said. So Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be interesting because, you know, with Champions League coming up as well, so right. they got glad back, so it's not going to be an easy bout. But, mm-hmm. you know, still, they still... They're looking like the best team in Europe right now. Yeah, and I feel like that's good for them too because, you know, like, um, there's Champions League coming up. They're still in the FA Cup. So them giving them, you know, them having that lead, that big lead in the game in hand will definitely help them out, I think, in the long run. Um, be able to rest some players and whatnot. But Definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right, on to the next game, which was West Brom versus Man United. Man United tied <laughs> to West Brom 1-1. One to one. Man United, come on. West Brom, 19th place in the league. Literally. And you drop points. You could have cut. You could have solidified yourself in second place. Right. But now you're tied with Leicester for points, and you know now you're like, you know, what's going on? Like, yes, they had. In my opinion, um, they had better chances. Yeah. They should have scored Maguire with that header in the ninety oh. in the ninety third, ninety fourth minute off the post. That was a beautiful save, by yeah. the way. Fingertip save off the post. That was a ridiculous save. Right. But still, um, they scored in the second minute. Yeah, it was second minute. Yeah. Second minute. And they had, they, West Brom had chances on mm-hmm. United as well, which is crazy. Because yeah. their def, you know, Maguire was making mistakes on the back. Right. And it was just like, what are y'all doing? Like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, Dion, who scored the goal in the second minute, he actually, I think it was like in the 87th minute, he had a chance to put his second one away and literally give, give West Brom the win. But not, not good for Man United. Yeah, it was not good. Thankfully, Bruno Fernandez, as usual, comes to save the day. <laughs> For Man United and give them some points, but man, yeah, Dejane had two to three chances in the second half yeah. that De Gea, thank God, actually came up clutch right. for once. He actually had a good performance for once, but still, Man United, you know, your your defense isn't looking hot. Yeah. Like Maguire didn't look sharp that game, besides being offensively sound. Besides from that, you didn't really do much defensively. He was making some stupid mistakes, careless mistakes, dribbling in the back, and then Dejanian just takes him off him. And then he should have finished that, but De Gea made a good foot save on that and then punched it out, gave it to McGuire. 
but still, um, they had chances. Maguire got fouled in the box. All Rudolph sides, right? All Rudolph sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, um, United, they should have gained points in this game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, when you're playing against a team that's in the relegation zone, those are more often than not guaranteed wins. You know, but then you got those same at the same time you got those teams that are trying to get out of relegation zone, so they're going to come with with full power, full strength. So I think, you know, as I'm sure you do too, Man United should have definitely won, but trash. Yeah, trash. <laughs> it was trash for Man United. They should have. I mean, hey, you know, they got some hard games. Manchester Derby's coming up in a couple weeks, so they got you know Europa League as well. So yeah, it's gonna be you know it's not gonna be easy from here. You have a lot of games coming up, and you gotta be at your top form for these games. And there's no other way to sugarcoat it. You just gotta play better. Right. There's no you know Maguire stepping up. You're the captain. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're the you're the exactly the captain. You're the you're the leader of the team. And what's crazy too is that it's a team full of I wouldn't say all of them are stars, but you know you you know Rashford played that game. Luke Shaw played. Uh, Fernandez, you know, might as well start calling it Bruno Fernandez FC, bro. <laughs> like he does everything <laughs> for him. <laughs> Literally scores goals, gets assists, everything that Manchester United does is through Bruno Fernandez. Right, but. Just not convincing for me United this game. Uh, and yeah, we'll see what happens with them too. Because uh, on paper, out of the teams that are playing, you know, for the type for that top four, in terms of how they play, I think uh, Man, Man United is probably one of the least convincing ones. Or ones like in the middle. I think, you know, Leicester, Man, United, uh, Man City, even West Ham, the way they've been playing. They've been playing pretty well. But I don't know. I feel like Man United just has to dig deeper and, you know, show a lot more, more character to actually finish in the top four you know yeah i agree on that i agree on that so on to the next game everton losing to fulham another relegation team against a top team and fulham played well fulham did play well yeah they did really well they but what the chances and everything yeah but sadly um dominic cavalloon got hurt with a hamstring injury that game so he's gonna be out for a little bit which is sad because he's one of their obviously their goal scorer and um you know it's gonna be interesting they're moving on forward because they got fa cup um they have Manchester City this week, mm-hmm. so without him in the lineup, how do you think they're going to play with him not in the lineup? Uh, Man City's going to win, the way that I see it. Honestly. Yeah. It's Man City. I, yeah, I but agree on that. We've been praising Man City. We've been praising Man City for so much on these podcasts because there's literally, they're the best team. Right. Like, I see no other team that can stop them besides, like, a Bayern exactly. or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it is what it is. But, yeah, um... You know, Richarlison obviously has to perform, but, you know, he's going to be the lone striker. Right. Um, so, you got to expect him to be, you know, step up his game with Dominic Cavani went out. Um, Saturday was a hamstring injury. got anything. Yeah. Those hurt. Those hurt a lot. <laughs> we, know, we know what hamstring injuries feels, and they're not fun. Not they're fun at all. Not fun at all. Um, yeah, so, they're catching an L against Fulham. You know, once again, another top team losing to a relegation team. Right. Um, so... You know, you can't drop points on those. You got to be able to keep up and, you know, you got to fight for the top because, yeah. you know, you're fighting for a European Europa League spot. You got to stay up top. Yeah, not making excuses for them either, but I think they're also tired from that midweek FA Cup game against Tottenham. Uh, that was a much more entertaining game than this Fulham game. But, you know, Fulham came out on top, uh, you know, still in relegation zone, trying to get out of that. So good result for them. Uh, Josh Madge actually had a brace. The guy that they got from uh, Bordeaux on loan, yeah, he had a he put two away, and it wasn't anything like uh, there weren't like bangers or nothing, but just his awareness of you know where the ball is going to be. I think one of them, one of them, he made a, a great um, run behind a defender, 
The ball got squared to him. Easy one-touch finish. Finish the second one off of a rebound. Literally, Everton's back line is just standing there ball watching. And Josh Maja just smart enough to think, okay, the goalie's going to parry it. So he that's literally what he does. And it goes straight to his foot. One-touch finish back the net. Jeez. Yeah, so yeah. Just, being, just being more aware, I think, is what also killed. It's what basically killed Everton in this game. Yeah, I agree on that. I agree on that. All right, next game, we got Chelsea winning again under Thomas Tuchel, 2-0 against Newcastle. Timo Werner actually played well that game. Yeah. I can't even lie, he, he played very well, got a goal and an assist. Right. So, you know, he was doing well under uh, Thomas Tuchel. And Giroud scoring an easy goal for the first <laughs> one. Literally, goalkeeper Perry right to his feet, touching. Um, yeah, they look, Chelsea look good. Yeah, Chelsea are definitely looking better. Um, under Thomas Tuchel, you know, they're playing... A lot more convincing than when they did at the end of Frank Lampard's run. Um, and yeah, Giroud came in because uh, Tommy Abraham got hurt. You know, the ankle injury. Hopefully it's nothing too serious, but it looked pretty gross. Um, but, you know, Giroud's one of those guys that comes in and he, he'll either score for you or he'll miss you, miss some clear chances in front of goal. So good to see him coming on the and, and scoring. And then, you know, Timo Werner hadn't scored in, that, what, I forget how, 100 days? Right? It was a while. It's like 100 days that Timo Werner hadn't scored. So, you know, going into the bigger games, you know, coming up and towards the end of the season, hopefully it'll build, build up some confidence for him. But, uh, but yeah, good one for Chelsea. It takes them up to to the to the to fourth place. So Yeah, crazy. Now yeah. in Champions League now. So hopefully they can hold on to that. Right. Because, you know, obviously it's not going to be easy from here. we got Champions League coming up. we got Atletico Madrid. So it's yeah. going to be interesting how Chelsea is going to stay on the top yeah. with all these matches coming up. And they're still in the FA Cup as well. So right. it's going to be interesting how they're going to rest players and all that stuff, how they're going to rotate their lineup. Because yeah. Hakim Ziyech hasn't been playing. He yeah. wants out. Um, Havertz, hopefully you can build back his form. But Timo Werner has been looking like the Timo Werner that we expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he missed a couple chances this week or this game. Um, but hopefully, again, you know that, that goal that he scored, it gives him some confidence. It was pretty funny, too, because they, they were thinking he was uh, offside. No, I think it was an offside. I think they thought uh, with Giroud went up. To try to get a flick on his hand, might have touched it. Yeah. So the cameras are on Timo Werner's face, and he just looks so worried. Like, come on, man, just say it's a goal, please. <laughs> and then when Vars finally, you know, finally says it's a goal, he's like all smiles yeah, and happy. So, so hopefully, you know, he'll start scoring some bangers and putting some away soon. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, but we'll see about that. Next up, Arsenal four-two victory over Leeds. They look very convincing in this game. Yeah, they look Aubameyang good. looking on point. Right. Bellerin scoring a goal, yeah. which is interesting because I wasn't expecting. <laughs> it was actually a nice goal because Danny Savalas meg the mm-hmm. meg the defender gave it right to Bellerin and then nice driven shot near post. Um, yeah, Arsenal looking good. Yeah, what it took away from this game was I thought you know Saka did a great job, Smith Rowe did well too, um, but uh, you know I'm happy for Aubameyang because obviously you know he's had some uh, some personal things going on with his in his life because his mother was was ill or something like that. So for him to come back. I believe this was his first start, right, from mm-hmm. him missing a couple games, and he, he nets a hat-trick in. Uh, the first goal was nice. All the little, uh, you know, fancy footwork he was doing, gets it near post, and then I think sort of PK in the last one. Yeah, the PK was his was the yeah, second one. Second right? one. Second and one was then, PK. And then Smith Rowe ends up, you know, putting a cross in from easy header. But, you know, that's good for them. Good for, good for Arsenal. I believe they're now in 10th place. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see what happens with them. And Odegaard got his first start. He played all right. Didn't do yeah. too bad. So... So, you know, hopefully things are going to start going up for Arsenal and they can, you know, stop coming in defensive areas. Yeah, hopefully they stop any commencing areas because they better stop because they got Manchester City this weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting how they're going to play against that. But even though they've been playing good, good form recently, and they're back on the top side of the table, 
um, they're gonna have some have some hard games, especially this weekend. Yeah, Manchester City's not gonna be very forgiving if you make very a lot of defensive mistakes. Oh, yeah. And you know, we all know how Arsenal defensive defensively can be at times. Yeah, especially with David Luiz. Especially but. with good against form. I'm gonna <laughs> see him if he did that to Sanchez. Imagine what he can do to David Luiz. Oh, <laughs> he would absolutely he would cook his ankles to the point where he might not be able to walk anymore. Yeah, point that he probably want to have. He probably consider retiring. <laughs> I agree on that. I agree on that. All right, now we're gonna switch it up. Go to the Serie A, and another game that we had a prediction for which was Napoli versus Juventus. We both sadly got it wrong <laughs> again. Um, it was 1-0 Napoli. I said it was going to be 2-0 Juventus. Um, yeah, not very convincing from Juventus. Yeah. I was very shocked because, yes, they had the Copa Italia. Both teams had Copa Italia ties this week. So equal amount of rest. Juve had more rest than Napoli. Mm-hmm. And they didn't look very convincing. Their attack, Ronaldo, were very stagnant. Um, didn't really create many chances. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, that stupid penalty that um, Chiellini allowed <laughs> by smacking <laughs> smacking someone in the face. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Napoli just finished their chance. You know that one chance, and one that chance. that's it. That was literally the entire game. Yeah, I love seeing that slow mo of Chiellini's hand hitting <laughs> just, the player in the face. Yeah, really, like palmed the guy's face like it was a basketball. It was the funniest thing. But yeah, it was a pretty silly challenge, you know, because Chesney when it was from a from a cro- or from a free kick. Chesney literally was not troubled at all. He grabbed it, and that was that, right? And then just a dumb flying hand by Kaelini. You know, VAR calls it a PK. So, but it was a great strike from Insigne. I agree. Uh, yeah, but like you said, the event is not convincing. I think what's crazy, too, is I feel like we can both agree that the best events that we saw was against Barcelona, you know, when they thrashed them at home. Um or Thrash Barcelona at Camp Nou. And since then, you know, they've had some good games here and there. And, you know, Ronaldo should have... Ronaldo easily could have won this game for Juventus with the with the uh, chances that they had. They literally had more possession of the ball than Napoli. And they had the more, more amount of chances. Um, it's just... I feel like whenever Juventus goes down early, it, it troubles them, you know, because they're trying to scramble to, get, to figure something out. Players got a position and they start basically... Just all going at it, and it's it's not really a collective effort. It's basically like everyone, whenever gets the ball, tries to do something and tries to do something spectacular, and it and it doesn't happen. So, I just think as a team, they should really look into that and, and try to do better. Yeah, I agree on that. Um, Ronaldo didn't look like we usually expect Ronaldo to at least score at least score one in this. He should at least score one in this game. We can both agree on that. Um, you know, does this a this is affect their motivation, their momentum going into the Champions League, because you know even though you actually yes, have one of the easier bouts in Porto, mm-hmm. um, you know it's not no easy slack to play against in the Champions League. It's the biggest stage in all of Europe, and you know your attack isn't looking as sharp. They haven't scored a goal in the last two games. Yeah, they've shot. They drew zero zero to Inter in the Copa Italia second leg, and one nil against Napoli. You know your attack. Morata, Ronaldo, they got to step their game up because, yeah. you know, that's not going to slide in Champions League yeah. when you get later on the stages and later on the season in Serie A. You're not going to – and in the Copa Italia final, you, you're you not going to get – you know, you got to finish your chances. Right, and I just and I think Morata and Ronaldo could be a great partnership. They just need to find each other more, you know. They, they, they play too far apart from each other. I think they need to, you know, get closer on the field and, and create something because I, I remember in the first half, 
Murata finds uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo's about to shoot it, but I think it was Bernadeschi gets in front of him and blasts it over the over the goal. That was a nice little link-up play between the two of them. You know, and I feel like if they do more of that, then they can, you know, be troublesome for for defenders and a bunch of different teams out there because you know they're you know, it's Ronaldo, you know, and Murata who's not the best striker, but he's a he's a he's a top class, you know, um, number nine who can get it done for you too. But I just think they got to play more, more. Uh, more in sync. More in sync. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. I agree on that. I agree on that. Oh, on to the biggest upset that could have happened in the Serie A. AC Milan losing to Spezia. 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 <laughs> 2-0. What the hell happened in this game? What the hell happened to AC? Madness. Madness. AC Milan, did, I saw the stats. AC Milan didn't get a single shot on target this entire game. It was like seven shots and nil on target? Nero on target. Yeah. They had majority of the possession... And you don't have a single shot on target. And yeah. Spezia dominated this game. Yeah, from yeah, from, exactly. I was going to say that from from watching you know the game and looking again at, at the highlights, Spezia just had they had it in them. You know they played a lot better. It looks like it looked more like Milan was going through the motions, didn't really care much about it, and Spezia was going at it 110 percent. And they had some good goals. You know the first one, it was a nice little play where they uh, they literally. Toward Milan's uh, defense apart in the mid in the in the box, and then I believe it was Romagnoli slid, and unfortunately when he slid, you know it deflected and it went right to another Spezia's player, which is an easy tap in, went in, and then in the second one, second one absolute banger, um, off of a free kick, and uh, free, oh it was Bastoni, yeah Bastoni for Spezia, he fires it far post, Donnarumma reacts a little bit too late, can't get a can't get a hand on it, and they're up two nil. And then literally no response from, from, from Milan whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know what happened. They had Ibra on the field, too. Yeah. They had most of their starting lineup on the field, too, and they couldn't do anything about Spezia. Yeah, at one part, they had Mandzukic on there with Ibra at the same time, you know? And those are some two big, you know, two big names. You would expect them to, to try to create something, or at least one of them put put something away, but no. And then in, literally in the, right before the game ended, Spezia could have made it 3-0 with that crazy shot. Mm-hmm. I know we both wish it would have gone in because I would have been a worldy, uh, absolute banger, top bins, whatever you want to call it. Would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. Yeah. But hey, that's crazy because now that drops AC Milan out of first mm-hmm. place in the Serie A. Yeah. You know, and, you know that's crazy because everyone was like, oh, Inter's in great form in the league and all that stuff. But now you're, you know, you lose this game. Right. You know, this is, you know, a lower division, a lower team in right. the league. You can't be losing those games. Right. And I wish AC Milan was more like, I guess you can say Man City, how when all the rest are dropping points, they keep going strong and keep pushing through it. But, you know, this... This allows Serie A to still remain close because now, you know, Inter's in first place, then it's Milan, and then Roma back in third, and then Juventus in fourth now. So, so we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. Not, we'll see because and the thing is, a lot of these, a lot of these top-ranked Italian teams, they're playing a lot more games. They're playing like Juventus playing the Coppa Italia final. Right. Atalanta playing the Coppa Italia final. They play in the Champions League. Um, yes, they have Europa League, but it's not as hard a competition as the Champions League. Right. So you know, these teams are playing. More demanding games than AC, and I would assume AC would, you know, against these lower ranked teams, really, really take them seriously and just dominate them. Right. But hey, when you don't get a shot on target, you can't really do much against that. Yeah, because they should have been rested. You know, you know, both Juve and Inter, like you said, had F uh, Coppa Italia games during the week, and Milan didn't. And they should have came out this game firing and and you know excited to get that win, and they weren't. They were just too relaxed and. And that's what happens when you don't go, you know, don't go out there and give it 110. You get so you get stunned by these uh, these lower ranked teams that have literally 
nobody's on their team. And no one to play for. <laughs> no one to play for but Pride. Yeah. Nothing to play for but just your Pride. Exactly. But, hey, that that's one thing that you gotta gotta handle. The beauty of the game. The beauty of the game. The beauty <laughs> of the game. So on to the next game, the biggest game we had, um, Inter Milan versus Lazio. Um, I called a two-two draw. Christian called a two-one victory to Inter. So you were actually kind of close on that. Pretty close. You were pretty close. Pretty close. But. Sadly, Inter Milan won three to one. Um, There's a game of counterattack, counterattacking football, baby. Yeah. Inter Milan scoring two goals off the counterattacks from one from Lukaku. Lukaku scoring a brace and mm-hmm. uh, Latar Moschina scoring one. Yeah. That was that was a really good counterattack goals. Yeah. And you know, I wasn't expecting Inter to play counterattack against Lazio. I thought it was going to be more 50-50. Right. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see how. Inter was able to capitalize on those chances that they had mm-hmm. and just tuck them away. Lautaro Martinez's goal was really nice from Lukaku. Oh, yeah. Now he uh, pushed um, Parolo out of the way. Nice driven ball across to Martinez, tap and finish. Mm-hmm. And that was the game winner. That was 3-1, and that sealed the game. Yeah, literally. Like you said, Lazio had more possession, but I thought the game was, I was kind of more hoping it was going to turn into like a 2-2 because Milinkovic Savage had that free kick that, that went in that made the game 2-1. But then Lukaku's just brilliance and pace, bro. You know, down that right flank, takes on a couple players. And then Luis, like, he gives it to Martinez. Like, here you go, bro. I just did everything for you. Just walk it in the goal. Pretty much. <laughs> and then uh, Lukaku also scored a pen. Yeah, he had a game. His first goal was a penalty. Yeah. yeah. And then um, he also had a nice counterattack goal again. Mm-hmm. So Lukaku definitely played well that game. Um, yeah, it was just interesting. That free kick was very weird because that hit off right in the stomach, right into right. the goal. And I was like... Are you serious? That went in? And I was like, wow. And then, you know, that got Lazio back in the game. And then Lukaku was like, nah, I ain't about this. Let me just finish this off right now. And um, Brozovic gave him a nice ball. Yeah. Driven ball to in stride. You know, you're facing Parolo. Parolo's a CDM. He's slow. So, right. and Lukaku's, we all know he has pace on him. <laughs> so, obviously, that wasn't even going to be a concern for him. So... Yeah, it was just a good performance from Lukaku. Now they're first place in the league. Yeah, which is good for them. And, you know, makes everything a lot more interesting for, for City A, like we've been saying. And what's crazy, too, is that, you know, for the fight for Europe in the City A, it gets a lot stronger because only five points separate third place and seventh place. And that's assuming Ju- uh, Juventus wins, uh, you know, that game that they have in hand. Um, both Napoli and Juventus actually have that. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm excited to see how it turns out in the City A because I imagine... Like, I don't, I don't really care who ends up in the top four, but imagine Juventus going to play in Europa League or even out of Europa League. Imagine how crazy that would be. That would be insane. Right. That's something we haven't seen in ages. Right. I, in would, say, I would say Ronaldo leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ronaldo would go to... If, he, if Juve doesn't make Europe, I think he was going to go to like PSG or Man United. So, damn. Imagine PSG and... Uh, so, PSG both have Ronaldo and Messi. Maybe. Imagine never, that. You never know. Would that be everyone's dream? That would be everyone's dream. <laughs> To be honest, I think he'd leave more to United. Oh, that'd be, that'd be really nice to see, honestly, to see him go back to his home club. Or not his home club, but the one that, that he really made a name for himself. Because um, I think everyone pretty much liked Ronaldo at that point. And then the whole Ronaldo and Messi rivalry started or got a lot more, uh, you know, impactful. There was, it, it became stronger, more of a rivalry once he went to Madrid. Because, you know, it's Madrid-Barcelona. But I'd love to see Ronaldo back at United for sure. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting. Because if Juve doesn't make Europe, then that's going to be interesting. Yeah. And this whole entire table is going to f- 
you know, you never know what's going to happen in this area. Right. And that's going to be interesting to see. I still think they will, but that would just be cool to see as from like a neutral standpoint to not see them in there. I agree. <laughs> I agree. But hey, we're going to see how it plays out. So switching it up one more time. We're on to the Liga. So Atletico Madrid on top of the table. 1-2 against Garanda. 2-1. to one. Um, Correa with one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game. Correa had one. Uh, Marcos Llorente had one. Um, the scoreline, I don't think, justifies how dominant Atletico Madrid was over Granada. Because uh, Granada hardly had any chances. You literally, when once Atletico got close to the box or in the box, it looked super threatening. And But Granada obviously like closed down, blocked some shots and whatnot. But um, but yeah, Correa had, his, had, had the... Or, Llorente had the first one, and then um, I forget who, but one of Granada's players ended up tying it up, and then Correa scores one in the, I think it was like the 78th minute or so, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, gives Atletico the win. So I have that game in hand, completely dominating La Liga. I think it's a wrap. I think it's a wrap, too. To be honest, uh, I mean, you never know with, you know, football, but, right. you know, with a game, in, it's like Man City. You have a game in hand, you're so far ahead of everyone else. Right. You never know what's going to happen, but still. It's gonna be interesting to see how they, um, how this is gonna play out. But you never know. You never know what's gonna happen. But it feels like Athletic Madrid's gonna win this league. Yeah, because if Athletic Madrid was playing okay or decent, not really con- much convincing, or well, not very convincing, I don't think it would it would be a wrap. But they've been playing well, you know, and 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 they've been getting kind of lucky with some of their goals. But overall, in the way that they've been playing, they've been playing a lot better than or more consistent than Barcelona or Madrid or the yeah. ones that are up there. You yeah, know, fighting to. To at least catch up to, to Atletico Madrid. So, yeah, I agree on that. So, next game, Barcelona versus Alaves, 5-1 yeah, victory. Yeah, but it. You already know. We were so, I was, when I saw that scoreline, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then I saw who scored, Messi with two, Trincao with two, and Junior Firpo, surprising, with one. That's what I'm saying, Junior Firpo. Yeah, I was like, at any person you picked Junior, they stepped in Junior Firpo. <laughs> but, okay. It's all good. But, hey, Messi, Trincao has been killing it. Yes. To be honest, Trincao... Has been in great form since he played in that Garanda uh, Copa del Rey game. I agree. He's been playing out of his mind, mm-hmm. and it's good because he's a young kid, 17, 18. Get him strep, you know, get him some reps, get him in the starting lineup, and you know, scoring two against Alaves, that's definitely gonna motivate, you know, give him some confidence in future performances. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Because um, you know, Trincao was a, a pretty big signing when he came from from Braga in Portugal. And he started off. He started off okay, and then you just see his 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 form just completely flop. And then, like you said, ever since they got another game, he's been definitely stepping it up. Had a, had a goal. Had the game winner against Betis. In this game, had a brace. You know, especially going into this time of the season, it's definitely gonna hit, bring him some po- some confidence and, and help out Barcelona. Hopefully, in, in some some tight games. Um, but yeah, Trincao had a had a had a great game. Messi had two two bangers. Um, Messi could have had a hat trick this game too, but they called it offsides on one of the plays that Griezmann was involved, ruled him offsides. But uh, but Messi's second finish, oh my god, what a banger! Dude, he just I don't even know what to say. Yeah. He's just too good. Banger. He's just too good. Yeah, I'm surprised they even started him. Like they played him the entire. That's what I'm saying. They played with a lot of uh, starters that had you know they played some some decent minutes. Yeah, I'm surprised that they um they didn't bench him or sub give him a sub yeah. or anything like that. But hey, you know. Messi's messy. Messi's messy. You know, you never know. You know, he always wants to play. Right. And we we understand that. But, you know, you got a big game coming up this week. I'm surprised going to make sub for him. So, right. it, it is what it is. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Messi looks happy, though. Um, he looks uh, re-energized, looks focused, hungry to win. So, 
So when Messi's in, you know, having a great game or when he's focused and one hundred percent in it, that's when Barcelona, you know, plays plays at their best because he makes everyone else around him a lot better. I agree. And even though Griezmann didn't score in this game, he had a couple assists. Uh, Griezmann could have had a couple goals, um, but you know, even though he didn't score, he had a couple assists, which was which is important to get on the stat sheet. You know, to be involved in those goals and not just be out on the on the flank or nothing, but actually to create those opportunities for his teammates. Um, it's been great to see. So. Yeah, Griezmann's been good for him, too. Yeah. He's been insane in 2021. Mm-hmm. He's been insane. And he's going to be crucial for, you know, Barca in the future, for Champions League and just playing in the league. Right. He's going to be critical for them. Right. And I'm, he's actually, you know, I think it, they, he's been a good signing, you know, for them, even though, yes, he had a high price tag. I think he's actually been a good signing this year. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's finally starting to, he's learning the Barca way, I guess you can say, and, and starting to link up better. Because at first, you know, even last season when he was, Playing on the left flank and Suarez was there, he didn't really seem like he knew what he was doing. He was kind of just running around. But I feel like now he's starting to uh, to link up well with the other players and and you know hopefully you start you know continue that that good form, scoring goals and getting assists and hopefully that helps him out. I hope he really steps up against PSG. I agree. You know the Frenchman against his French team, so that'd be nice to see. Yeah, I agree on that. I agree on that. So on to the next league game. Sad we have to talk about Madrid, but we have to talk about them. Madrid, 2-0 <laughs> victory over Valencia. Benzema and Cruz scoring both of the goals. Yep. What do you think about the game? Oh, Valencia is awful. We know. Literally, so bad. It's it's sad, too, because Valencia is normally one of those teams that, you know, it's they're not always like in the fight for the top four, but they're always top half of the table. And this season, they're not. And I think... You know, Valencia is a team that you know would could could be and could be like an Atletico Madrid, could be a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, a Sevilla, any day of the week as long as they're one hundred percent focused. But this season they haven't been looking too good. Real Madrid literally made them look like schoolboys. They completely dominated them. Yeah, two zero. It could have been four or five. Yeah, I agree on that. Yeah. So, um, and I feel like Madrid this game it was a lot better, a lot more convincing. It wasn't like the Huesca game when they when they won. I've, I believe it was two one. Mm-hmm. Valencia literally, I think I had one or two chances on target. Um, Madrid dominated possession, and then Benzema had a, a great goal from you know the corner of the box, cuts in. It was a great transition play. Cruz plays in the ball, gets get it, gets uh, the ball out of his feet, hits it far post, great. And then Cruz's goal is a typical Cruz ball. Uh, Cruz goal, the ball comes to him right on the top of the eighteen with the instep of his foot. You know, with that power at the same time, just pass it into the bottom corner. So good for Madrid. Um, finally, hoping starting starting to play better going into Champions League, and since they're on the couple of the day, you know, they're in the Champions League, so hopefully that'll help them out, get some points, get closer to to lifting Madrid. But at the same time, I hope not because as a Barca fan, I always want Madrid to lose. <laughs> yeah, we always want Madrid to lose. We don't want them to win. We don't want them to win, that, win a damn thing. Right, nothing. Yeah, I'm nothing. gonna go trophyless every year. I want them to go trophyless this year. Nah, that'd be nice to see. That'd be so awesome. Yeah, yeah, I I would love that. I would definitely be posting that on my Instagram. <laughs> I'd be like, Madrid, trophyless. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, nah, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Madrid plays in the Champions League. Because, yeah, I feel bad for Valencia. Even though, yes, they've, um, they're going bankrupt. Their club, they had to sell all players. Yeah. Um, like uh, Parejo, they sold a lot of their veteran players. Yeah. They got rid of a lot of players. Get rid of Condobia. Just to, yeah, just to compensate for the... Um, the money they've lost and all that, even though they have a good like academy and all that stuff, you know, it's sad that they're bankrupt and they're in the bottom half of the table now. Because yeah. I remember when Valencia was good, they were top 
six top right. seven at least but now they're slowly creeping down it's just sad to see just right. a club like that decline like that yeah these would be even like you know like 10 10 12 years ago they were so nice to see because they had you know players like david villa david silva juan mata you know some really good players that they link up and do well and it's just unfortunate to see them drop off so much but yeah that's what happens yeah yeah it happens it happens in the world of football all right now we're going to give you a little bit of a chance for news that happened during this weekend. So um, I don't even know how to say his name, but his last name is Uwe Makano. He uh, is a center back for RB Leipzig, just signed with Bayern Munich. And he's our young player to watch. He's really young. He he played in the Champions League last year. Mm-hmm. I think he was one of the best players, center backs in the whole entire competition. Mm-hmm. He, Leipzig made it to the semis, didn't they? Yeah, they made it to the semifinals. Yeah, yeah. They lost to... Who did they lose to? I think they lost to Bayern I don't know. I can't remember. I don't even remember. It's been so long since Chambers League <laughs> last year. but So many they, games have gone on. So many games. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, no, he was really good. He was um, controlling their defense. You know, every time he got stuck into a tackle, um, he looked. He can distribute from the back, um, confident on the ball. And that's obviously what Bayern loves. Oh, yeah. They love a center back who's confident. They want someone who can obviously take, take you know, dribble. But pass with accuracy, and that's what he can do. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's a good signing for Bayern. It's a great signing. Yeah, he's just on a five-year contract, only twenty-two years old. Like, imagine you can keep him from when he's twenty-two to I don't know thirty-four. Exactly. If he stays, if he's you know doesn't get any bad injuries and plays at a very high level throughout his career. Um, at the same time, today uh, David Alaba reported that he's not going to re- not going to renew his contract and will be leaving Bayern Munich this summer for free. For free. For free. For the free ski. That's crazy. Because David Alaba is one of He's a top top center back. Oh, every sure. every yeah. team wants him. Yeah, and I know he's. Uh, I think he's linked to uh, Madrid, Barca, uh, Barca, Madrid, Barca, Man City. Man every City, big team, Man United. Yeah, every single big team that you can think of, he's linked to. And for free. And for free. <laughs> so you only got to pay. You only got to pay his uh, his wages. Exactly. Like, and that's crazy. But yeah, and Bayern Munich. Uh, back to Upamecano. How do you say it? Is it Dayo? Dayot. Dayot Ubamecano. Dayot or Dayot, I don't really know. Anyways. <laughs> all I know is his last name. Too. We don't know his last name. We don't have to say his last name. Yeah, but we don't want to say his first that's name. That's all that matters. <laughs> his last name is all that matters. But yeah, Bayern ended up paying his uh, his uh, his buyout fee, which was fifty one million dollars. That's so, not that's cheap for a twenty cheap. for a twenty two year old center back. That's cheap. Yeah. Because Van Dijk went for nearly eighty. Yeah. And that's insane. And that's the thing about Bayern too. You know, they either. Buy, get these players for free or they buy them for a, a bargain and that's how they remain so successful in exactly. my opinion exactly you know you can't that's why a lot of big clubs they always go for the big purchases but some of the big purchases aren't the best purchases right and Bayern has consistently been making smart purchases and that's why they've been able to sustain as this greatness that they've been having through all these years for such a long time and it's just crazy to me that um you know, they because I know a lot of clubs like Man City, Man United, they were after him and they were like gonna pay his release clause, yeah. and then end up Bayern ends up paying his release clause, activating it, and they get him for cheap, right? And that's crazy, wild, wild, and <laughs> that's like the same thing that's going on with like Holland and you know my attempting to pay his release clause, yeah. and yeah, I mean Bayern just knows how to make smart purchases, yeah, they're just. You know, one step ahead of everyone. If only we knew how to do that. I agree on that. I agree <laughs> on that. All right. So, the time that everyone's been waiting for, the Champions League prediction. 
the champions. League predictions from myself and Christian. We got some major <laughs> games. The best time of the year has finally arrived. I love it. And it is time to make some predictions. Let's do it. You ready for this? Yeah, buddy. All right. Game number one. So today we're recording on Tuesday. Yes, so sir. we were making predictions for the RB Leipzig versus Liverpool game. Who do you got and why? Leipzig's home. I'm going to say Leipzig's going to win. Really? Yes, sir. What's Second cool? in the Bundesliga. Just playing better than, than Liverpool is right now. Um, I just think Leipzig right now is a better team. I hope Liverpool comes out and makes it an interesting game. But I'm going to go with, uh, especially for them being at home, not that there's much of an advantage now without fans, but I'm going to say Leipzig wins. Um, I'll go with the 2-1. Two, 2-1? One. Two, one? Yeah. I feel you on that. I feel you. So I think, I think Liverpool finally has enough. I think they're going to shut up a lot of people in this game. All right. They're going to actually start Jordan Henderson at center back, at center mid, not center back. Um, <laughs> give someone else the opportunity to freaking play center back other than him. I think Liverpool is going to win this game 2-0 oh, okay. at RB Leipzig. Mm. So they got two away goals. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see that. And then the biggest game that's going to happen this week, also happening today, PSG versus Barcelona at the camp now. Christian Tercios, tell me who you got. Uh, you go first. I go first? You go first. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to say, so really PSG only has Mbappe as an attacking threat. So I think Barca knows that he's the only true threat that they have. So I think they're going to double him a lot. I think PK, since PK is going to be back in the lineup. I don't know. Do you think he's starting? Maybe. I don't know. He Possibly. Hasn't, he hasn't played since, what, November when he got hurt? I think, to be honest, maybe. It just depends. Yeah. If they need him, like, I think, personally, if they need him, he's going to go in. Like, yeah. if their center backs aren't playing well, I agree. he's going to go in. 100%. And, yeah, so I think they're going to double Mbappe, and they're going to pretty much just man mark everyone else because there's not really any other. I'm not calling them, like, like, Superstar threats. Like Icardi. Like and Icardi, um, Verratti. Um, they're not really like threats like Mbappe is. Mbappe is a true threat to his any pace, defense. His pace alone. Yeah, his pace, just his pace alone just puts a threat on any defense. But I think Barca is playing better than PSG in my opinion. I think they have that. You know, they've been playing better. They've been playing really good. 5-1 in the league. Even though, the, yes, they didn't play well against Sevilla. I think... In recent games, they've been playing better, and I think Barcelona is going to win this game, two to one. Two to one. Who you got? Damn, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> Let me think. Yeah, I just, I just, I just don't want to be too optimistic because obviously we saw Alaves get punished by Barca, but it's, uh, it's Alaves, you know. Five one, PK back. It wouldn't be nice to see PK back in there, you know. I do miss his leadership in in the back line. A lot of people give him, you know, trash talk PK. They're saying, oh, he's not that good, that, you know, not that great, yada, yada. But for the longest time, he's been our most consistent defender. So you can't just talk trash about the guy. Um, but screw it. As a Barca fan, I'm going to be optimistic. 
I'm going to say 2-0, Barcelona's winning. Wait, 2-0. At home. At home. At home. Wait, okay. Okay. So let's you got, get it, boys. Don't let me it. down. Come on, Barca. You, we, we believe in you. We believe in you. All right. On to Wednesday's games. Not as entertaining, but still some good games. Yeah. So we got Sevilla versus Dortmund. That That's going to be a good game. Personally, Dortmund hasn't been looking good in the league. No. They've been drawing a lot of games, losing a lot of easy games that they should be winning. Really relying on Holland for everything that they do. Um, Sevilla, we obviously saw what they did against Barcelona during the Copa del Rey. Um, they look good. I think Sevilla, I think it's going to be a draw. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be 1-1. One, 1-1? One. One, one. One, one. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to say, I think Sevilla's going to win this game. Really? Yeah. What you I'm liking the two nils today. Two nils? So I'm going to go with the two nil. Sevilla. Ooh, Tuna yeah. Sevilla. Interesting. Yeah. Just because they're they've been in great form. As long as they've as long as Sevilla plays the way they've been playing recently, you know, giving hundred ten percent, they've been doing great. You know, even Ocampos is out, but I don't know. I think Sevilla's gonna win. And they have a lot more experience than Dortmund in Champions League. Yeah, well it's yeah. Dortmund hasn't really begun that far. It was the last time they made it four was what, twenty thirteen in the final? Mm-hmm. But that was a different team, you know. This is that was a team with Gundogan, Royce. Yeah, they had Royce. Big. Royce at his peak. Mario Gotze, Lewandowski. Like that's a diff- completely different team. Yeah, those are ballers. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I don't know. I just think I just think right now, at this point of the season, Sevilla is a much better team. So I see Sevilla winning that game two uh, 0 I feel you. I feel you on that. And then the final game that's going to happen this week is Porto versus Juventus. One of the easier games for you know. This week, one of the most un- unanticipated games. What should be like the the most entertaining? <laughs> <laughs> Is it the, yo? If this game goes absolutely a wall, I would definitely be watching it. Though. Right. But personally, I think even though Juventus didn't look good against Napoli, it's Porto. Um, you know, they're just like a. I don't know. I just don't have a feeling that Juventus is going to screw this up. Yeah. And so I'm gonna say Juventus is going to win this three nil. 3-0. Okay. 3-0. All right. I'm going to stick to my 2-0. 2-0. Christian with the 2-0 today. I feel it in me, man. 2-0. You're just loving the 2-0s today. 2-0. The 2-0s. Got to love it. Got to love it. But, yeah, I think, yeah, it's going to be a good Champions League week. And I'm excited that it's finally back. Oh, it's the best time of the year. The best time of the year. Champions and we're going to be covering, you already know, we're going to be covering every second of it. Yeah, so buddy. we're going to be giving you the most entertaining and the best points of view mm-hmm. from the Champions League. And the most honest point of view. Because we don't sugarcoat anything. Nothing. We don't sugarcoat nothing. We should, we give it how it is. Bang, bang. That's facts. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I don't know what you just did there, but Me it's okay. I just, it's okay. It just felt right, so I did it. Yeah, I feel you on that. I feel you. I think it was appropriate. Thanks, buddy. I really agree on that. Thanks, bro. All right. And so, that concludes episode four of the podcast. Christian, any final words you would like to say? KTP baby. KTP baby. The Champions League is back. Champions League's back. We love y'all. Stay safe.